Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 164, week 164, volume 164, number fucking 164. Hey going guys, how's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Elias from Nonpoint, and that will be coming up later in the show. Starting off with feedback, questions, what's been going on? Well, the big thing this week was, as some of you may or may not know, we've been having issues with Spotify. So it's been going on for a couple of weeks, and I have spent probably 30-odd emails back and forth to finally get a resolution. So that means now all of these episodes are back in full force on Spotify. So make sure if you enjoy Spotify or you're listening on Spotify, make sure you're following us, make sure you download these episodes, make sure you consume the fuck out of these episodes. So thank you everyone for their patience. Sorry about that. Took some time, but we got things rolling again. Apart from that, there's not much else to start off the show with. So enough of my ramblings. Let's get into the main part of the show. This week, I got to sit down with Elias of Nonpoint. First thing I got to say, thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So, for those unaware and maybe slightly uneducated, who the fuck's Nonpoint? Well, when I say they're legends and icons of the new metal alt metal genre, it's a fucking understatement unto itself. This band has been going strong for nearly 25 years. I think it's about 24 years now. Formed in 1997, 12 albums so far to their name. They're about to release three EPs and also an album, and that will be happening later this year and start of next year. I discovered this band around 2000 when they released their album Statement. This band are so strong confident and excellent at what they do. You know, I said it's new metal, but I think that's giving it too much of a downplay. It's alt metal, it's rock, it's just hard hitting and it's great music. So as a big fan, I'm stoked to be able to get Elias on the show. I've been chasing him for probably about three years. Yeah, two to three years now I've chased him and I finally got him on the show. So a great moment for me and a great moment for the show. This is in-depth, exciting, relaxed, funny, so many laughs had. I really enjoy this chat. I hope you do too. That chat with Elias is coming up now. So everyone gets the same start-off question, which is not a heavy band, um, but a band that when you were young opened your world to music existing. An example is for me at the age of five, I don't know why, but Aerosmith became my jam, and I was obsessed with them. Was there a band for you growing up like that? Uh, for me, uh, it's probably going to be a toss-up between, I would say, James Taylor mm-hmm. and Journey. Ooh. Uh, uh, Journey... Journey. I, I was lucky enough to come up in a in a home where my my parents had uh, a, a very diverse 
music taste. Uh, my mother listened to a lot of Motown. Uh, we knew salsa. We knew um, a lot of uh, R&B and a lot of, you know, even disco and fun stuff like that. Uh, then on my dad's side, it, you know, Moody Blues, uh, 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 Christopher Cross, Weather Report, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, uh, Zep, Beatles, uh, you know, so when Saturday and Sunday afternoons would happen and we were cleaning the house and the stereo was playing, there were so many different, you know, songs getting played at any given time over like a six hour, seven hour cleaning day in our house that, you know, have, if being forced, it's like almost when you go to work and they have that soundtrack that plays over and over again, there's that one song in there that you're like, all right, I like this one. And then you sing along with it because you're like, fuck it, I got to listen to it anyway. So <laughs> might as well, might as well sing along and enjoy it. You find your, your happiness. When you're that young and you're listening to your parents' music, I was lucky enough that my parents listened to some really good music. Mm. So... So, you know, listening to the Belladonna track over and over and over again, listening to Earth, Wind and Fire over and over, listening to James Brown, Prince and Anita Baker and Weather Report and, you know, like all these bands, uh, it, it, you know, it made me then start singing along. So now I love Journey. And I love James Taylor. So James Taylor is a great storyteller in all of his music. If you ever, if you don't believe me, if James Taylor isn't your cup of tea, I always uh, point people in in the direction of a, a song called "Monkey's Lament." Mm -hmm. It's like one of it, it is my favorite, hands down. It's it's a song about, um, and again, it's storytelling. It's a song about uh, uh, kicking the the heroin habit, and mm -hmm. it's 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 when you know that that's what it is. Uh, it, it's pretty deep. It brings me to tears every time. Same thing with uh, uh, Fire and Rain. Knowing the story of that song. Do you know the story of that mm -hmm, song? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense. So to listen to that and, um, you know, hearing a, a lyric so powerful as, you know, you know, I wrote, uh, you know, I woke up this morning, I wrote down the song, I just don't know who to send it to. It's because that lady had passed. It's like hearing that and being a person who writes lyrics and connects, when you have that kind of lyric, there's songs that I, there was a song that I wrote about my father who passed and I can't sing it. We can't perform it live because I can't get through it. Mm. I, I have too much emotional connection to it. So that's where the James Taylor thing, it's like I really felt his lyrics with, with uh, Steve, with Steve Perry, it was uh, um, it was more his his voice has that Sam Cooke like depth and and soul and power that when I was a kid and I was young and I had a very high tenor voice, I could sing all of that stuff. So being that young and just singing along every Saturday, every Sunday, that's where my singing chops basically came from so you know i credit a lot of that to to my parents soundtracks yeah i mean it's also quite it's an exciting and you know it's not the right word but eclectic background of music you know it's not just honed to some parents only listen to one style like the rock or they just listen to the r&b you were getting a dash of everything and later down the track 
that's clearly influenced you through the non-point days. Was, oh, yeah. was there a moment where it stopped being just something that you enjoyed on a Saturday and Sunday at cleaning and it became more of your thing, your obsession? Was there a moment or an age where that switched gears? Yeah, it was, it was actually when I turned, I want to say I was 12 years old, 12 or 13, and my parents got a new stereo for the living room. And there was the hand-me-down stereo. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my brother got the boom box. He was, he was older than me. He was two years older than me. So he got a giant boom box. So my parents handed me down the eight-track mm-hmm. player. And I got all the eight-tracks, too, because they were switching all the tapes. So they were like, here, you can just have them all. Da, da, da. And they didn't mind hearing that music coming out of their kid's bedroom. So... <laughs> The good part about me is that now I'm a kid, like a kid in a candy store that has a, a, a living room style stereo that he gets to have in his little room that he can crank his music as loud as he wants because he's playing his parents' music. So I would find those like those special records, which were like, um, you know, Stairway to Heaven yeah. or like, uh, you know, um, you know, the Moody Blues and, uh, uh, you know, the Beatles. I would blast the Beatles a lot. And, and, and you know, every bit of James Taylor, Boston, Bad Company. Mm-hmm. Like some of the, you know, bands and, and, and musicians that were writing, uh, writing great lyrics, but writing stories with their music, where they're, they're co- the composure of what, uh, you know, uh, like Boston. You were born it goes so many places not like your average verse you know there was so much to that verse and it moves so much i miss that and 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 attention spans don't really lend to it anymore uh in in a uh in a mass kind of way that's why bands like uh like circus survive like get my goat so much because they have that kind of like story movement with their their melodies that aren't so just a b a b a b a b c a b a b a b c so um you know that's that's something that i missed that i got excited about and i'd say about 12 or 13 when i got a hold of it all and i get to, got to put the ones that i liked the priority and keep those always on top of the machine that was that was that was special when did you as a kid start going to live shows well, i mean you know from 12 I to did. you didn't Wow. At all. I didn't get into rock music until I was in my 20s. Okay. I got into I got into I got into rock because a friend of mine that I worked with uh had a band and him and I hung out and smoked weed every once in a while <laughs> together to be honest with you. This is what it was. Uh and uh and we would um he was like, hey, come watch my you know, band, hang out and jam our music. And, uh, you know, he was Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican as well. And there was that communal, like, Spanish, you know, culture thing. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't hang around a lot with, you know, Spanish people. So let me, let me hang out. I love to hang out. You're funny. We're, we're you're having a good time. So uh, then I got exposed to uh, bands like Puya. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, that 
drew my interest in a lot more because they were, you know, adding salsa to metal. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I like this. And then, and then, you know, it was, it was, it was just handing me stuff. I was like, hey man, try this, try this. You like that? Try this, try this, try this. And then, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're in that really where you know what you like and you can't deny if you like something at that point where it's not like you're so influenced where you're just like, nah, it's just not my cup of tea. You're able to say that. Where these guys, people like Rob, they were handing me music that meant something in one way or another. So it was like, yeah, Yo, you know, you know Metallica? I'm like, yeah, I know Metallica, but you know, that one song, right? Unforgiven. They're like, dude, here's an injustice for all. Call me in the morning. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing where, you know, it, it I, I started to, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I still am learning every day, mm. you know, really I am even 20 years in, I'm still, uh, you know, my, my roots never started there. You know, they started in classic rock and that's why I have, you know, uh, 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 a knack maybe for it. Uh, but if, if my passion just comes from a good song, I can't, I can't deny myself loving a good song. Like, I can't tell you how many fucking Ariana Grande songs I just adore. Or like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, like Fonte, I was saying this the other day, for one of the rappers uh, out, of, uh, out in the Carolinas, Fonte, um, Rashid, my guitar player, turned me on to him. Amazing. Uh, you know, Jack Harlow. I love Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow is, is, is amazing. Crazy amount of swag. I love that attitude. It's like that kind of, you know, music. Uh, J. Cole. I love J. Cole. I love J. Cole before he dropped a new shit. It's like that kind of, you know, I, I, I am a, I'm a fan of great music. Chris Stapleton, I could sing every note on every Chris Stapleton song because I love blues chords and I love great storytelling songs. And he's another one of those people that that uh, knows how to say beautiful things in a very simple way that everybody can understand. And it's a very Bob Marley way of writing music. And 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 like I said, I can't I can't deny a good song. So that's that's where it really comes from. I think something that, you know, is definitely a positive and can't be denied with Nonpoint is you guys have never been shy with incorporating different feels, different sounds, but also maintaining a story the whole time. You know, you look at the things like To The Pain, that has a very story based to it that's different to Recall. You know, you guys, um, when things are shifting in the industry, you guys aren't afraid to still do what you want to do, which is a splash of funk, yeah. splash of rap, f- splash of rock. That's something that I think a lot of people can't deny and tip their cap to, that non-point, you guys aren't ashamed to do the music you love the whole time. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we're we not kids mm. forever. That's that's the best way I can I can describe it. It's, it's the same kind of freedom that you want as a growing human being is the same kind of growth and freedom uh, that you want as a as an artist and a songwriter and and especially being in a band so when you want to change your hair or you want to change your shirt or your shoes or the way you sing or your style or you want to try something different it's 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 rock is one of the harder ones Mm. to switch it up in um, it's almost welcomed in a lot of other genres. So I, I, I uh, to my detriment, possibly, 
that's that's been our insistence is that um uh we're gonna do what what we feel like we can wear on our chests and we can perform fully on stage and not feel like it was influenced by by anything but what what we really wanted to do i love that though you know i love that you know i love an artist being genuine and authentic to themselves so if that means as you said you know they're gonna change a little bit on this album or go back a little bit on that album that's what you want you don't want an artist that sounds like they're phoning it in um and you guys no, don't I, yeah i want my audience to influence me mm -hmm. because if 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 i write a song that is reactive to my to my my audience base it, i'm a student of 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 my music of my group and 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 my people so I like to uh, I, I like to f f try to figure out why that happens and see if I can you know in some way repeat that or at least find something else that gave me that same feeling or same gas or that same kind of uh, uh, I feel like I'm onto something feeling that that song gave me you know I, it's 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 I, I wouldn't be lying if I were to say once I got to, to, to where we were with a song like The Truth mm. and then going to a song like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bullet mm -hmm. and then uh, Bullet with a Name and then going to Miracle and then going to uh, Left For You and then going to Breaking Skin. All of those songs, we kind of knew something was good was going to come about uh, of them. Or, and, and for the most part, they were going to be memorable. With Ruthless, same thing. Felt We, we felt like something uh, wonderful was going to happen. But the difference is, is the amount of uh, detail that we put to the actual launch and the artwork and the strategy and all of that stuff is is really what I feel like um, really set it apart. I want to I want to ask one more thing before I go back and we talk a little bit about the early few albums, and that is um, we're talking about how the styles you guys are you know it's it's so unique, it's so exciting, it shifts gears, and you know you look at the length of the career, not a lot of bands can do it. Not a lot of bands do it in the rock game or the heavy game. They don't last 24 years. And that's something that you can see the excitement that you guys still have producing music today. Like with Ruthless, how do you stay energized and excited to still do it? I mean, some people after about four uh, years would pack it I in. Mean, you see, look how young, man. Look, no, no crow's feet. <laughs> I got no crow's feet there. You're a good looking man. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, um, uh, it's, it's easy when you're, when you do what you love. Mm -hmm. It really is easy to, to, to wake up every morning and, um, even when I'm exhausted, because you know, right now I'm, I'm, it's, it's uh, 6:19. I woke up probably at like 5:30 this morning to really get going, mm. and um, you know, I'm, I'm home with my, with my daughter, and 
you know, my wife is also working. So there's there's family life and and the band life too. So you know, I juggle a lot, in 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 a in and it's it's no problem because I'm I, I I try to stay happy. And what makes me happiest is is being able to create music uh, that um, still connects with people, uh, still makes me happy to perform, and. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we still do it well. Mm. So why why hang it up? Well, I mean, there's definitely yeah. no need to hang it up when you hear songs like Ruthless and you see that you guys also are a band this long <clears> into your career. You have a diehard fan base. You know, I'll, I'll throw my hat in that as well. But, you know, not a lot of bands can say that they look around the world and they have rabid followers i mean that also must keep you motivated seeing that people yeah, want it, it yeah it definitely keeps me going i mean you don't see mcdonald's like ah you know what hamburgers we're done <laughs> enough the freaking burgers we're out of here no that doesn't happen because it's it's there's still that passion of like we're still making um making waves and and still uh uh having fun doing it so mm. why stop no don't stop um, I'm saying that now. No, no don't. No, Pete, I'm like Diddy. Can't stop, won't no, stop. No. Bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of listeners, like, not a lot, but uh, our older generation that listen to this podcast, which is quite a few, but we also have the younger generation. For me, I first came across you guys with the first major label release statement, which was 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an exciting time for music. Music was of the heavier side had become mainstream and it's something that maybe younger generations don't understand but you guys were one of those bands that was on the radio you were on tv it was it was everywhere the non-point and the style of music which i don't like the phrase but we'll use it anyway new metal was around Mm -hmm. but some people don't understand that you were a band that had been grinding at it for a few years beforehand so yeah, new metal really got. I mean, new new metal got pinned right around Ozfest. It mm. really started getting, uh, and then it started getting uh, uh, not exploited, but just you know, it, it, it turned into that household name that um, you know once you know, I guess around Faith when Faith dropped by Limp Bizkit. That's when uh, you know not because of that, I'm just saying around that time, uh, that that's when it was, it was on MTV, very, very, very big. So for the people that found it, it stopped being cool. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, then you, you see the dude bros at the, at the beach house playing your favorite song. You're like, fuck is going on man it's like (laughs) you know you don't want that it's it's very uh personal and and, you know i noticed that about the you know the community it's that we we love to keep our um our uh the, the the things that we find like precious to us so uh there's that you you gotta compete with that you guys also were one of those bands that was you know we now know which we'll get to you're independent but you guys were on like MCA, which turned into Geffen. That's also for a band at your early stage of your career. Did that pile a lot of uh, expectation and pressure from the label or internally? Because 
it's quite a thing at that time to sign to a label of it, that stature. Yeah, it was a, it was a very, uh, it was a very fun time. Mm -hmm. There was there was a lot of labels. Uh, you know, um, I, I I give credit where credits to uh, Hans Haydelt, our first A and R guy, was 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 pretty amazing. Um, you'll see him in the Shaggy story. If you look at the Shaggy story about Shaggy, he was uh, Shaggy's A and R guy. Uh, I was, I was around during that, uh, that it wasn't me mm. era <laughs> and, and when that really blew up and that whole story is a pretty amazing story, <clears throat> but, uh, Hans at the time loved our band. He absolutely adored our band and, uh, really wanted to make sure that he could get us the deal that, uh, he would have the funds to, uh, uh, <laughs> really get us, um, where we needed to be. And he, he, he did a good job about letting everyone know that he was coming down to see us. And, and, and a lot of people came down to check out our band and it was, it was, it was pretty uh, amazing showing. Um, and, and uh, our signing story is, is a pretty fun story. It's a pretty fun story. And, and uh, it had, it had a lot of, a lot of labels uh, at that time, you know, there was there was a whole lot of major labels that were that were uh, jumping around at the time. So, um, you know, going from one to another wasn't wasn't really uh, uh, too untraditional. And it was we went from them to uh, like you were saying to Geffen and then uh, to Lava Atlantic. And um, you know, we had we had fun on those labels. It was great. Did they did they push you? You know, you know, a big label oh, yeah. like MCA. Oh, well, they spent money Oof. those 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 labels spent money they they wanted to make sure it was and it, and it showed we were selling at the time when you were selling records we were at one point we were selling five thousand eight thousand records a week and that's that's pretty monumental for a, a a band that barely got on the radio like most bands of our genre at the time were doing well yeah that's that's an interesting thing i always felt like in that scene you know, and I don't mean it as an insult, but you guys were like the underdogs, but you kept persisting. You were like pit bulls. You just kept going. And, you know, another album, another album, another tour, another tour. In a yeah, way. Corn didn't get on the radio until, until Follow the Leader. Mm, I know. Yeah. Think about it. Life is Peachy. No. Did their first record. Blind, yeah, on maybe hard rock, underground, college, yeah, all that stuff. But. It was it was Freak on a Leash that that was was the song that you know propelled them into radio and you know really gave a, a, the world a look at the band that we all knew was awesome already. Mm. I mean, think about that. How follow the leader? How far away that was. Corn was one like I, I I say the story all the time. Corn was one of it was the first big rock show that I went to because again I'm in the early twenties. Uh, it was Corn Helmet and Limp Bizkit opening, uh, and it was at UCF Amphitheater, Universal uh, University of Central Florida Amphitheater, and they were on the Follow the Leader tour. It was like three thousand people, freaking mobbed, and I'd never been to a rock show before, and I was in I was in the pit. I, I was, it was a stark, rude awakening. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it was, it was a show that, that was undeniably uh, an energy that, that was immeasurable to anything that I had experienced on the other side of any other genre. And I was like, 
that's my motherfucker right there. Well, that's an interesting thing how you say it took a while for them to really gain some attention. And, you know, some people may only know of your band because of the Phil Collins cover, which... When, most do, most do. Which is a surprising thing for me because, you know, being a follower of your band since, you know, pretty much day dot, wasn't technically day dot, but statement for me is day dot. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting Recoil when it came out, listening to it. Yes, kids, there were CDs at that time. And I was listening to it and I remember coming across the single and just going, this is amazing. How is this not blown up? But that song didn't actually gain attention until it was featured in a movie. I mean, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, the, I, I feel like the team might have, uh, you know, shit the bed on that one. <laughs> that's polite. <laughs> that's polite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember the, uh, the, the Smiths, Will and Jada, were on the... Uh, the uh, a tour with with us and seven us when jada was in wicked wisdom and uh i i forget if it was jada or will and we were all hanging out and i remember we were playing dominoes or something uh or, or something and i know what's dominoes it was dominoes and uh you know like somebody said somebody leans into me i forget who it was and they go they go what happened with in the air tonight and i'm like what do you mean they're like man, somebody really fucked that up on you guys' side. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, but uh, it is what it is. And then break to two and a half years later, Michael Mann picks it up for uh, for Miami Vice. That's crazy. I'd love to know how he stumbled across that. Like, you know, he, you know, he might be. I can tell you the story. Yeah, go. I can tell you the story. Uh, there was a young lady who was his music uh, director at the time. And she had suggested it to him, but he wanted nothing to do with it at the time because he wanted no connection to the original Miami Vice show. And that song was synonymous with the series, the television series in the United States. And uh, so he was like, I don't even want to hear it. So she uh, covertly took a, uh, had someone cut a trailer to the, the song for the movie and just put it on his desk without it labeled. And he was like, what the hell is this? Stuck it in his computer and it started that trailer. And he heard the song along with it. He was like, whoa, whoa, what is this? What is this? She was like, oh, that's that thing I was telling you about. Uh, that's that band. And he's like, oh, we got Well, we got to recut the movie. I, I, this, the, this is perfect for the witch call scene. So she was like, well, we can't recut the movie. He's like, well, then we'll put it on the DVD and then we'll, maybe we'll put it at the end credits. We just need to at least have this on the premiere. So then he shifted all this shit around, had them recut the, the credits, the roll credits at the end, and put the song as the start roll for the, the credits on the way out. And then when you watch the DVD now, the, the, the scene where he sa- they're saving the girl from the trailer. Is, is when they play the song. Wow. I mean, that's that's quite a, yeah, thank God for that lady. Like, you know, yeah. assistance. It's, hey, you got champions in interesting places. It's, 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 she's a guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> now, did that, you know, did that really shift you guys momentum wise with a fan base? Did you start noticing because 
you're still a band that's out there touring hard, releasing music. You know, you're also a band yeah. that consistently re- releases music. Did you notice that In the Air Tonight and that movie brought new listeners and more listeners to Nonpoint? Uh, it, yes, it definitely, yes. I, I can't deny that, especially when you look at the streaming numbers. It's 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 pretty ridiculous, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's good. It It's definitely a good gauge on what Ruthless is doing right now because Ruthless now gets spun more per day and streamed more per day than In the Air Tonight, which In the Air Tonight was a strong, mm. very close second place to Bullet with a name. Um, but Ruthless is creeping up on Bullet now. Uh, so, you know, that's, 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 uh, uh, that's a good thing. That's, that's definitely a good thing for us. Uh, but you know, our, our, uh, our goal really with that song was, 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 you know, um, at the time was just to, to kill some time in the studio. We didn't expect it to do what it was going to do. Um, we thought it was cool when we were done with it. Um, but then it turned into what it turned into, and, and it's undeniably what most of our fans uh, that that know our name and our fans of ours go. Nine point. We was uh, oh yeah, and you're gonna oh I freaking love that song. Yeah, that the, those people. But the the people that really come to our shows that that are our fan base base is is definitely those that that know know it all. All hundred and eighty something published songs that we have. Yeah, I mean it's wild thinking about how many songs you you published. You know, um, I was looking in, and you know, you've had ten albums, and we're not including, you know, Ruthless, which we're about to get to, is an EP, and there's going to be three EPs that go into an album. So I mean, technically, we're going to get to eleven albums, but that's that's wild to think that you've had that many fucking albums, man. Like, and I'm looking at the names here of them. One of my favourites, uh, which I want to talk a little bit about, is Miracle um, 2010. I mean, I think I know, I say friends of mine in the industry who had basically at that point, I think, written you guys off um, as just another band. And that album came out and that felt like, yeah, shit's still strong with this band. You can't fucking. It's funny, it's like it's funny. That's we had a district a distribution deal, so we were basically independent at the time. We were choosing what songs we were dropping and what songs we were writing. So, it's it's that, and it's funny. The same thing happened with 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 uh, to the pain. To the pain was a distribution deal through a distro. So we we chose our own single. We rewrote our own music and answered to no one else. So if you look at every single one of our comeback successes, it always seems to be when we've got the reins in our hands that we always seem to do our best. So um, it's here, here we are again. <laughs> that's, you've said something which I think is probably, I think it's a, not a fair thing to say. People say it's a comeback, and I technically said it myself that people had referred to it, but yeah, we never went. Yeah, we never, we never went anywhere. You're still out there yeah, touring. Yeah, no, it was. It, it, they say that because they're weighing it against the uh, the pandemic, and we tour so relentlessly that they didn't get any time away. And you, that's the other thing. You're a band that um, before the pandemic hit, you could have been a band that you know 
in the early 2010s, you could have slowed down with the touring and the releasing of music, but you consistently keep doing it as well. And that's something that needs to be noticed and given credit to because, you know, bands from new metal or alt metal don't keep going at it. You guys, it's like you're just a, a sucker for pain and sucker for wanting to be on the road. Uh, well, we're, we're uh, I mean, not so much a sucker for pain, but just uh, we, we just have a lot of music to write. And, oh. um, uh, we, we, we're not, uh, it, it, we're not short of any ideas and, and we have fans and uh, partners and labels that still want to be in business with us. Uh, I still feel like we put on a great show. Um, I, so it's without a doubt. Why, yeah, yeah. Why, why, uh, why, why I feel like anything is slowing down? You know no. what I'm saying? And you know, it's definitely not slowing down. But before you guys bring out the announcement of Ruthless and the concept of three EPs and an album, there of course is this worldwide chaos that goes on. Um, mm-hmm. but before even that, when you guys were about to release X, which is your most recent album per se, mm-hmm. you guys actually took a little bit of time off if memory serves me correct. Yeah. So yeah, we wanted, yeah, yeah. We wanted a little bit of time to write. We needed time okay. to write. Okay. And, and a lot of the, the records before were, weren't giving, we, we wanted more time. We okay. wanted just more time. So we were like, Hey, give us a little bit of time on this one. Um, so, you know, we needed a little bit of time to decompress. We had just hit it real hard with touring with, uh, Poison Red. Mm. Poison Red did very well for us. So, uh, you know, we had to tour on that one and be toured hard on that record. So we needed some time to, to see our families and take a break. And then we needed time to write a record that we knew needed to follow Poison Red. So it, that's it did where too. chaos, you know, bands, songs like that happened. So, you know, you get X out and, yeah, that's 2018. So you're back on the grind, you're doing all the usual things and then kind of the world shuts down in many ways. So talk us through what happened with you guys when, you know, you're a touring band and suddenly the doors are shut and the brakes are stopped. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, clearly you're a band that forward think. But what did you guys go through at that stage with the future of the band? Well, we couldn't really forward think that much. We had uh, things in motion because we obviously had music written. Um, we already had made plans to um, possibly uh, go independent. Um, and we didn't want to waste any time doing, uh, uh, we just didn't want any lull in, in the uh, creative process. So we, we kept writing and we kept recording. Uh, and we funded it ourselves at that point. Uh, then the pandemic hit, we had time to test some stuff out, uh, realized that it was something that we could possibly do, uh, put together a strong team and uh, put the right people in charge and in place, uh, made sure that we all work hand in hand and uh, communicate on a daily basis. And uh, then you know we decided to wait for the right time, uh, partnered up with AW, uh, as, as a, a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a, an amazing, amazing administrative and, and, and creative partnership. And then uh, we drop Ruthless and next thing you know, booyah, we're here. So, so what you're saying is basically um, the music was written 
for the releases that are coming before the pandemic. So you didn't have any issues with recording time, studio time, anything like that? No, we did because I, actually I don't even know if I was sick at the time because it was pre even knowing if COVID even existed. And I had taken a trip to Chicago and you can even see it in the docu-series. If you watch the documentary series, it's a path to independence on our YouTube channel. Uh, you see that I'm, I was ill and singing uh, some of that stuff. I uh, had to actually go back to re-sing some stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, we were definitely dealing with things that, that we didn't know we were dealing with. And then at the end of that February, when March started, everything shut down. But all through February, the news started coming. We're like, whoa, what the heck happened? And it came so quick that when everything got shut down in March, that's when we started to scramble and, and really try to figure things out. But we had gone dark New Year's Day and, and our fans hadn't heard anything from us. Uh, you know, and then by March, everybody's like, what is going on? We want to hear from the bands. And then we started putting our heads together and, and trying to figure something out so that way we can get back in touch and, you know, do what we do best is, is you know, uh, you know, help people through stuff. I think one thing that um, is exciting to see with you guys is you're a band that, you know, with the ruthless uh, promotion um, that's going on with the, you know, the path to independence thing that you mentioned, you know, that's also on your Instagram and things like that. You're a band that is using social media in a smart and efficient way. Um, I think it's something that some bands maybe don't use to their advantage or flood it too much. You seem to be a band that balance it very, very well. Um, smart advertising, smart use, just really well done. But obviously, being so experienced in the industry, it wouldn't have been easy for you to adjust and know how to use social media. Yeah, I, I again, I give credit where credit's due. I have a, an amazing creative director who uh, helped us really understand, um, you know, what was important and what what part of our story we should be putting out front, and then um, doing our diligence and and making sure that we're educated about how to find our rhythm and frequency on on socials, and then you know, Francesca really uh, again, you know is there to help us um, uh, fill the holes whenever the, the you know, holes happen. So, um, you know, there's a lot of sides to our band and the, it, it's, it's really about giving each one of those sides its time across our socials that really, I feel like, make it happen. It also, it's, it feels personal, um, which is something that not every band's social media feels, you know. I think that's what Frankie saw the most and was mm. like, we're, we, this is the story you guys aren't telling. We, we, you need to give people a, a deeper peek behind the curtain because there's, there's so much more to tell. We get to see your beautiful face and dreadlocks quite a bit too. I'm gorgeous. I know. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to inflate your ego too much there. Um. Nah, hey, 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 listen to me. He's a good looking man. It's okay to say. <laughs> One thing we we were talking about with Ruthless um, is the interesting idea that you guys also have done where it's going to be three EPs leading in to an album. Now, talk us through that process because when I mentioned forward thinking, I consider that forward thinking because 
consumption of music nowadays is a little bit different. A lot of people are very short attention span and they consume a single or two singles and that's it. And it seems like you guys are adapting to that with the release of the three singles culminating into an album. Hey man, don't tell everybody our secrets, dude. Because I know this is a podcast, but you're, you're giving them too much. <laughs> uh, so, so no, a couple of years ago, when when I sat down with Frankie and and discussed it, it was it was it was too ambitious of an idea for labels to to really start working into models um, outside of brands and 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 artists that had that kind of control. Uh, of their uh, releases. So when we started to toss around the idea, um, we realized that there was a rhythm happening on DSPs and and, and uh, like Spotify and Apple Music that were starting to adjust to that model on their own and offering features that we noticed were uh, giving us an option to control how our releases were coming out and kind of trickle them out a little bit, which we felt like uh, was giving uh, our fans more time to enjoy our, our songs. And then also to giving us the ability to hit second gear and third gear when we wanted to. Um, having that kind of freedom is, uh, I feel like is the future. Mm. And, and that's, that's, that's where we're headed. With the three EPs, it was more of the old school, non-point fan and 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 old school music fan in me that loves vinyl, uh, that loves seven inches, that love oh that sounded bad, uh, that loves uh, uh, you know that loves um, seeing a visual artistic representation of his favorite song on a record that he thought he would never get to see. Uh, you know, Deftones kind of touched on this, I want to say White Pony, maybe even, I think it was mm -hmm. my, it might've mm -hmm. been White Pony, where they dropped like six videos. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I saw two of them on television, but because I was such a, you know, avid fan, I caught them all. I, I saw them all. So having that, you know, from a, a, a consumer side is amazing, but having that as a as an artist and a creator side and seeing your your music you know materialize is something bigger than just the song, bigger than just the frequency and the airwaves. When you can have a video that you can that that you know or just something that really our fa your fans can go, you know, oh, I, I wish they could have done a video for that song. That's my song on the record. Oh, I like that. I mean, well, this is cool or whatever, but this one, you know, that there's always that. So why not um, if budgets allow, which we're going to make sure that they allow. And it's that, that kind of depth into bodies of work that, you know, uh, uh, painters and, and uh, you know, those kind of artists get that kind of gallery presentation that music only gets like, hey, I did a bunch of pictures, but you'll never see them. Here, you can see this one. You can see this one. This is my best one. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. This is my best one. You know, so um, that's that's my uh, that's my dream for, for my music. And it doesn't work for everybody. 
Uh, I'm lucky to have had the career that I have, to have the fan base that I have, to be able to try this. Mm. It doesn't work for everybody. So, um, uh, and, and if I'm going to get this opportunity, you're going to bet I'm going to try to do a video for every single song. Oh, I love it. Uh, I think it's great. And um, like I said, I think it's exciting um, in the heavy realm that you're thinking outside the box. And you mentioned in there one of the outside thinking of the box probably wouldn't have been possible without being independent, which, you know, you mentioned in there you technically have been independent before, but you've now created your own label and it's 361 Degrees Records. And you now do everything under your own control, obviously with your own team and ideas floating around. But was it also a big, difficult decision to just put it all in your boat and leave it in your boat and not have any label or management? Oh yeah, it was, it was, well, we have managers well, yeah, and uh, yeah. I have, an, I have an agent that, uh, that books me. I mean, uh, to, to, uh, to have a business, you have to, you have to be able to scale and to be able to grow and to book proper shows and to, to, to have, you know, relationships in place with radio and with, uh, you know, DSPs and with, with those other big machines, it, it, it would be hard to get five dudes in a band that feel like it right now is the best time to call that station, but they're not all on the same page. So this guy calls on Monday and then Tuesday, this guy calls, not knowing this guy called on Monday. And then this guy ruins the relationship because like, Hey, the non-point guys keep calling our station. Jesus Christ. Like that's why the, all those people are in place. So um, we're smart enough to have our, our small team that we, we, we make, you know, we have an understanding with that, that we would like to lead when it comes to how we're presented, but we lean on every single one of their, one of these professionals who will advise us sometimes that even our, what we feel like is in our best interest after explaining and, Hey guys, you, you didn't realize this. Oh, thank God. Yes. Okay. Bad idea that we on our own, completely on our own, probably would have done that. So I, I need those checks and balances and I'm, and I'm not uh, so neophyte that I'm gonna, uh, uh, you know, take a 20 year career and put it into, you know, just my, ex my, my experience from my position, having, you know, written deals and dealt with lawyers and dealt with a couple tour, you know, dealing with tours and having, you know, talked with agents and things, you know, I know the basics of everything. So, so uh, being able to speak the language with my team and then respect my opinion, that's where my tenure and my leadership is, is, is respected. But, um, you know, when I lean on people like Eric from, from Sound Talent, who is, is an amazing agent, his, his boss, Tim, uh, my, my team at FM, uh, you know, Frank and Dino and Bob Hathaway at radio. It's like, these guys have these relationships. Bob worked the Lincoln Park record when they first came out. It's like, uh, well, who am I to tell him what to do at radio? <laughs> you know, all I can do as a label person now is tell him, hey, this is the budget that we're working with. I, I, I need you to work your relationships as best as possible. And, um, you know, we, I just, we want to spread the word out. How best can we do this? And, and I have a great 
you know, person who happens to be an experienced radio person on my management team. So, you know, I surround myself with, with people that are, are professional. And then on the 361 side, I have Rob Rusha and Francesca Ludicar, who are my COO and CF, uh, CFO, which is my creative, uh, no, my CSM, uh, my creative service manager and my uh, creative, uh, uh, my uh, chief operating uh, uh, officer. So, you know, we work it like a real label it's important and i think it's also important that at this stage of the career you have that ability as you said to build the team that you want and control it as you want because surely over time you've had labels that are you know for example they dropped in the air tonight they didn't pick that up and they didn't run with that i mean now if you know you've got a song like that on the ruthless ep you're going to push that i mean you're smart now well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they were smart then too, but who knows what happened back then? Maybe budgets were getting cut. Maybe they were getting merged with another company. Maybe they were about to, you know, who knows what happened back then? Those machines are so big, especially back then, that it could have been a million different factors. It's, it's, it, it, it wouldn't have just been one thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 I don't fault any of my past teams or any of my past labels. It's just right now I get to play boss <laughs> for the most part and and i feel like we know what we want and and um you know our attention to detail right now is seeing some serious success and I'm, i i attested to that as on having an understanding of the businesses as we do and having the right team around us it also helps that a song like ruthless is a banger you know it's it's got everything you need i mean and i see again you know it was on wrestling yeah, it was on AEW. I mean, it, you guys also have always had a link with wrestling. Um, I'm a, I love a bit of wrestling. A lot of our listeners do too. So Ruthless is doing the numbers that it should do and deservedly do. Um, I noticed on the Instagram you were mentioning that Germany is feasting its eyes and ears on this. Yeah. 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 We're 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 really blessed, man. It's 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 uh, it's been a a, a very fast three weeks um and and we're we're very busy and I'm, I'm talking to people like you all the time and uh i i like to fill the schedule with with uh with as you know as many uh uh friends that i can get into the community of nonpoint uh we keep growing this community and it's and it's turning into something that that i i had always wished was going to happen um but um when it's when it's something bigger than just the music that's that's when you know it's uh it's 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 doing something it is man now before we wrap up i want to just take this moment to tell everyone and you'll you'll know this because at the end of this chat they'll hear ruthless but ruthless is on all your streaming platforms um wherever you can find music you'll find ruthless there's also the non-point website where you can mm-hmm. pre-order and you can also yeah it's the nonpoint store which non-point is uh nonpointstore.com that's where the pre-order is that's uh that's how we we pay our bills and that mm. way we fill the fill the the label cup this is how we're funding all the videos and and, and everything so if 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 you like the story and and you want to keep supporting the band and you want to support us stream the music uh, even that that in the simplest way stream the music but uh if you can get to the pre-order uh, especially before the end of Memorial Day, you definitely want to do it because you can get a bundle uh, discount. If you put more than two things in the cart, 
automatically gets a discount in the bundle. So uh, in the, uh, in the uh, cart when you're going to check out. So um, take advantage of it. A lot of firsts, like you were mentioning the seven inch, uh, uh, it's got uh, Ruthless on one side and then on the B side is the extended version of When Doves Cry, our mm. single uh, cover that we're doing, which is coming off the heels of In the Air Tonight. Our fans are extremely excited. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that we do something amazing on the on the B side, and that one's going to be on there. So um, get a lot of firsts if if you get into that pre order. The only thing I, I notice is there's no word on release date for the the EP. Is there a release date to be announced soon? Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're we're, we're uh, all the songs are done. Mm-hmm. All the songs are mastered. Uh, everything is 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 uh, in play. We're we're. We, we want people to enjoy Ruthless for, for a while before we start throwing any more dates on them. Uh, very soon, you're about to see the video for Ruthless, and that, that's, that's going to be that's going to be a whole other three weeks, four weeks that I'm probably going to be dealing with quite a bit of uh, uh, conversations and, and press because um, as, as much of a risk as we took with the music, and when I say the music, the release and being independent and stuff, uh, we really have taken a risk with the artwork and what we felt like we always wanted to push the envelope with, um, I don't want to say violent side of, 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 our, of our music persona, but uh, the, intense, the intensity of our show that would translate across our artwork. And um, this video is, 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 uh, is a uh, viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I, would, I would be very, uh, you know, Hide the kids, hide the wives, because <laughs> they have her. Uh, it's it's going to be one that that we I got excited about when I was writing and, and um, co-directing with Francesca, who who directed it and 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 has it looking so beautiful. Uh, but uh, it's 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 my baby. I'm I'm excited for people to see it. It's it's a a look behind the the more intense side of the. Of, of non-point well i mean everyone listening guys and girls keep your ears make sure you're following um elias and the guys on their social medias and pre-order you know as he said if you haven't got the money at the moment to pre-order you're going to miss out but at least stream the fuck out of that music and don't just listen to ruthless go in discover there's so much there uh, outstanding but elias we are almost done and you're not escaping the infamous pick your poison segment. Everyone gets this. We've had over 160 guests. Everyone has had this segment from the big names to the local names. Everyone gets it. What happens? Oh crap. I should have done my research. Oh my God. I'm nervous now. What am I supposed to be doing here? Okay. This isn't, this isn't hard. Okay. Okay. It isn't hard. Are you sure? Well, very competitive, sir. It's very competitive. It's basically, I give you an option of two, and you need to pick your favorite of the two. There can't okay. be any draws. Now, you are allowed to justify your answer, because if you are worried that the non-point fans are going to hear this and hear why you picked A over B, you can justify your answer, okay? I need. I, I will probably be justifying every answer. Okay, go. Okay. You're going to go a pizza or a burger? Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he, he found that one easy. This could be a sign for the turn. Mm. I, and I'll say why. Okay. I'll say why. Pizza, because 
there's so many different styles of pizza, mm -hmm. but there's only so many different toppings on a burger. Okay, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah, okay. Wow. Okay. I feel like I, I agree with that answer. <laughs> I really feel like Elias said a you've, good answer there. You've started very strong here. You've started very strong. I, I, okay. I try. I try. Okay. Okay. Uh, smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? I'm going to go generally speaking, smooth peanut butter. And I'll, and I, and I got, I, I got to go with, okay, two major reasons. Number one, and I'm going to go with the general populace has way too many teeth problems mm -hmm. that, Ooh, getting in that one soft spot of the, of the molars, you, you, they can't enjoy a good PB and J when it's crunchy. That's number one. So I'm looking out for my fellow man, just so you know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's coming from my heart, sir. I'm looking out for my fellow man as I poke <laughs> Bernie in the face. Number two, uh, I would go with smooth um, because of bread destruction. What? Yes. There are too mm -hmm. many situations where I'm left with a leaking jelly <laughs> sandwich because the crunchy peanut butter done messed up my situation. You you what? You, okay, I feel like I feel like I'm doing good right now. You are. You're doing very. Like you're doing very like well. Listeners are, are back. Okay, go. And I I, okay. I four millionth percent agree with the bread situation just there. Listeners know I always say the same. It I don't understand it. You're going to put a spread on your bread and then it rips it into pieces it's like well what's the fucking and then point? it's just this one glob in the middle no. that you just roll in over that same hole no. it's it doesn't yeah yeah it doesn't work okay good okay uh coffee or tea coffee Ooh, easy 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 mm. um, easy because it, 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 especially in australia mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because hands down the best coffee culture country we're I've obsessed ever. yeah i I would move there solely for the coffee you, you and your beer. Mm. Your coffee and your beer is just <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. And the fact that I can go one block, get an amazing coffee, go to the next block, get an amazing coffee, go to the next block, and all three of them are different coffees. Mm -hmm. It's it's great. It's crazy. It's great. And you guys have the micro farms where you get the coffee that they make the food with the cows that they 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 they. They, they get the milk that they sell with the coffee that all comes from this. Oh, man, you guys do it right, man. You I think right. our country is great in many ways, but a lot of people that live here say that we're coffee snobs because some people go, oh, well, that coffee's not good enough as X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it's weird. We, we are coffee-obsessed culture. No, snob, not snobs, sir. <laughs> not snobs, sir. Coffee purists. Oh, okay. And, and, and that is a respectful, <laughs> respectful title. So I applaud. I'm going to jump in the picture for a second. Thank you for being so amazing of a country with your coffee culture. Oh, I love it. Um, okay. Are you going guac or no guac on your meal? Guac or no guac on any meal? No. Well, it's obviously, let's say you're getting nachos and they say, do you want guac? guac? Yeah, well, that's obvious. Guac. Burrito. 
it's gonna get the guac. Okay. Uh, my avocado toast. Put more guac on it, man. Whatever you want, guac. There's nothing. No limit. I don't. I don't. I don't run. I guac. It's, Lovely. It's, can I? Yeah. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> that, it was it was on the verge of a dad joke, but we we'll we'll accept it. We'll accept hey, it. Hey, I'm, I'm making it a T-shirt. <laughs> that trademark is not worth it. My life's around. <laughs> um, soft taco or crunchy taco? Uh, oh, 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 mm. oh, man. Okay. Mm. And I can't do both. No, no. I can't do both. Okay. I'm going personal preference mm-hmm. and I'm going personal preference because I'm going what I call a, a purist type of taco. I'm talking about the Mexican taco from Mexico mm-hmm. that you get. That's amazing. That has onions, cilantro, and then the meat. Mm-hmm. And then about nine different kinds of sauces that makes it taste so delicious that you're like, oh, well, really nine, but it's the house. It's still del- Soft corn. Yes. Yes. Soft corn. Okay. Soft corn. But you got to touch the grill with it. Don't give me no cold corn out of the bag <laughs> where I fold it in half and it breaks in the middle because you didn't make it pliable because the grease gives it a good. No, it has to has to be warm. Two. So the two. juice doesn't. Okay. It has to be two. And then. Perfectly. <laughs> yes. Wait, you got to turn sideways because <laughs> yeah. then it's not your dumb shit. It all tips out. Um, Indeed. Ribs or brisket? Wow. You got me. You actually you can't pick. got me. You actually got me. I did not expect that. I did not expect that. Uh if there's there's very few things that I love as much as barbecue, and uh, I never can choose between the two on the damn menu. Uh, if I had, to, but if I had to say for the rest of my life, oh, I can't. Oh my god, I can't choose. It's oh my god, burnt ends or baby backs. It's like burnt ends or baby backs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with fuck. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with ribs because it's really hard to fuck up ribs. I've had some bad brisket experiences. Really? Yeah. Oh man, and I love brisket too. I feel like I cheated on them. I feel like I cheated on brisket. You're gonna have to give me a second, man. <laughs> Let's just take a moment uh, for the brisket. Let's just take a moment. Yeah, let's, yeah. everybody just have a moment of sound for brisket. Burn ends, especially burn ends. Burn the end. burn end brisket, is, uh, is that's the one, man. Now, would you rather have a meal at home, your last meal, you get to pick? Are you having it at home or are you having it at your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant, and I know what restaurant it would be. Mm. What's that one? Uh, right now... Just because it's so top of mind, there is a restaurant in uh, Matawan here in Michigan, and it's uh, Nonla Vietnamese Street Food, it's called. And there's this chef uh, that is, it's just him, and it it is the most amazing 
food, like some of the best food that I've, I've ever had. And to be in such a little sleepy town and to be that like high quality, top quality. I've been to 49 of our 50 states. I've been to countless countries. And for me to have that place that close, I actually feel lucky. <laughs> like like that so i would give it up to that place right now um it's uh known was uh vietnamese street food all right nice. google, um, google it bitch no. i'm gonna look up some photos and just get jealous um yeah it's, it's pretty amazing new movie comes out are you gonna go to the cinema or are you gonna watch it at home on the couch gotta go to the, the movie theater um, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's like a concert experience. You know, you don't see T2 on your 27 inch, no. you know, in the kitchen while you're doing the dishes, <laughs> you watch, you watch Schwarzenegger in his 40 foot glory, like he's supposed to be. And yes. you, you take it like a man. You understand <laughs> do you me? have, do you have the popcorn or do you go no popcorn? Oh, you got to get the you got to get the popcorn. Uh, it, the thing is, it it, it depends on what, you got to go to the right theater first of all. But um, I I am not too shy to bring the big bag and bring my own. Nice. Uh, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah, my wife my wife will bring a backpack and not not bat an eye. Yeah, my wife's the same. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, let him ask me. <laughs> That's what she like, for real. Um, spend the day at the beach or spend the day at the snow. Beach, nice, yeah. a thousand percent. I'm. I grew up in South Florida. I am a tropical people. I like the warmth. Um, I am. I. I was a lifeguard for for years. I. I love to swim. I am a. I am a sand and sun type of dude. Beach. What about, are you a cat or a dog person? Oh, man. By no choice of my own, I am a cat whisperer. <laughs> I don't a whis know. Oh, you're I, a cat oh, whisperer. Man. It's reached that level. I don't level. know what it, dude, <laughs> cats dig me. And I'll, like, all my cats, like, I had this one cat, Samantha, that I used to pat my chest and she would run up and jump up on my chest and crawl over to my shoulder and just hang over my shoulder. And I would like do dishes with her on my shoulder. Like um, I had this cat, Gary, that I used to, uh, I used to call from upstairs and run over and just lay on my lap and, and hang out as I watched movies. Like it's, it's really, really strange. I know where to pet them. I know where like, they all like, they, I walk into a room and a cat sees me. It's like, you're a cat dude, aren't you? I'm like, I don't know why, but I am, I guess. What's up? It's just, it's just what it is. Um, so I would have to say that that by proxy, by no fault of my own, I am a cat dude. Okay, we've got a couple of movie ones, a couple of music ones, and then pick your poison, which I would say is, I think you're reasonably successful at this. You're not struggling too much, but... I'm not. But... These maybe is this, the, is this the tough round? Is this like hot ones where I'm mm. about to eat the bomb? Am I about to eat the bomb? Shout out to hot ones. I want to do it. Terminator or Predator? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh man, it's like Arnold fighting Arnold, right? I mean, shit, it's like it's like Norris fight versus Norris. I mean, who, who wins? Uh, oh, oh, uh. I'm going to have to go with Terminator because Terminator had more good sequels. Predator had Predator and then it like 
like, yeah. and I'm not even talking about like from corner to corner. <laughs> I'm saying it like it plummeted it, like, 90 yeah. degree nosedive <laughs> from its sequel. <laughs> like what were they thinking with it? Like they did not do a good idea. Uh, too many bad ideas on that. Uh, it's too much Coke. I feel like in that, in that, in that, in that conversation, they were like, Hey, listen, man, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get Danny Glover. He's big, right? He's big. He's big. He's just the, he's the weapon. All right, check it out. We're going to get Glover. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is a bad idea. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, with Terminator. Okay. Arnold, what, Arnold made sure they did it right. What about, so we've had an Arnie one, but what about a Stallone one? Would you rather go Rambo or Rocky? Oh, Rocky. Oh, easy. Oh. I'm, I'm going to go with Rocky just because, uh, you know, Adrian. You know, it's like that, 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 it's like the Rocky is the male Cinderella story. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, because without, with, with sports being our Prince Charming mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, you know, the, the belt being the glass, uh, slipper. What about James Bond or Jason Bourne? Oh, Bond. Hmm. Bond. He's, he's, uh, Jason Bourne isn't cool enough to, to, to compete with. And I bet Damon would be like, man, why are you putting me up against Bond? Why, why are you even saying that? Uh, Bond is, is I, I, that's one of my iconic, um, you know, growing up, heroes like real deal like you know watching octopussy watching uh 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 you know um you know golden eye and all those you know roger moore was like the man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the man so um uh i i would say and then you, and then it's weird because i i got roger moore first and then saw sean connery and was like, whoa. And then Daniel Craig, that guy's that guy's like, I feel like he's like Jason Bourne, good, but on on that slick badass, you know, shout out to Daniel Craig. You're you're good bond. Hey, kills it. Isn't Idris Albus supposed to do the new bond? Well, this is the rumor. Is the, the rumor is Is Idris, that the rumor? Yeah, the rumor is Idris Alba, but then I heard a rumor that Idris Alba was offered the chance to be next bond and he turned it down. Now the other oh. the other rumor is in this latest Bond that's about to come out. I think it comes out in November that there is a female 007 character in the movie who is going to transition from this movie into the next movie as the Bond. So there's multiple rumors. Floating da-da, da-da. Mm-hmm. Da-da, da-da. Oh, that's that is man, you're you're spilling the tea here. I <laughs> yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like I, I I'm so out of the loop of everything. I, I really like to stay out of like tabloids and stuff. Like it was so funny. I was talking to the guys in SDR the other day, and uh, 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 they go, "Yeah, Google your headline." Now, you know, because we always like to Google just in case there's any new stuff. And the first thing that pops up is Elias Soriano comments about Dave Ellison, and I'm like, "What? What?" And it's because well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's funny. Uh, uh, this guy asked me uh, on a from from uh, uh, from actually from South America, uh, and he goes, he goes. So you want to comment on the Dave Elson stuff? I was like, oh, uh, what, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, it's 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 all. I was like, you know what? I I really don't 
uh, keep up, but you know, he, he was a nice gentleman. I, I hope he sees himself through it, whatever's going on. And boy, they grabbed that Spana. and oh wow, it was it was it was pretty uh pretty interesting. So then, you know, I finished up the interview and I'm like, let me figure out what's going on. And uh, you know, you gotta know what, what, what you're walking into. Uh and uh boy, that was that was that was quite a, an interesting I'm way out of the loop. So yeah, don't don't ask me about any current events. I I, I, I won't know. I won't know. <laughs> I have, my my current events extend to movies and music with what's happening. I don't know anything else. And the only reason I know about this Bond stuff is because I've been waiting a year for it to come out. So I just constantly like, uh, where's it going? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you the same way. I, I see what the new music is on mm -hmm. the new music list because I always, I, I subscribe to the playlist and then I always see on, on Netflix the yeah. top 10 of whatever's coming out. So yeah. that's when I always get yeah. my stuff. So I'm there with you, Matt. Um, last movie and TV one before a couple of music ones is Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. Nice. Nice. Very easy. Uh, Star Trek, uh, was, was awesome. My, my, but that's more my mom's, uh, uh, time. So I, I, I really got that same thing, that hero, uh, you know, coming from, uh, the ghetto kind of thing was, was what, what. I gravitated towards because that's kind of like what I was trying to do. Now, Metallica or Megadeth? Oh, man. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're going to get me in trouble. Because <laughs> you know I did the Megadeth tour. See, yeah, I, I know you. I know. That's on my wiki. And you talked about the wiki, so I know you know about the wiki. <laughs> oh, sir. Sir, okay, I'm gonna choose one because of mm -hmm. uh, I'm taking non-point out of this. Okay, okay, okay. I'm taking Elias before he became in the band. I'm taking that out of this. I Unforgiven was one of the very first tape singles that I purchased growing up. Ooh, that one and Silent Lucidity. Those two were the ones in high school that I bought and they were my rock tapes. Nice. Along with Zap and like newer stuff, like newer stuff, like corn and, 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 and so, but those were my rock, my rock tapes, not corn, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, just, just uh, a more, um, more around that black album kind of era. That's when I, I, I started to just pick it up because it was in pop now. Mm. You know, Unforgiven was a massive song across pop radio. Uh, Silent Lucidity was a massive song across pop radio. So, and, you know, I was a sucker for a good singer like Steve Perry. So, uh, you know, I heard, you know, Jeff Tate and I heard, you know, the great production of the Black album. I'm like, man, both of these guys kick out. Like, this is what I can get. This is some rock and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was like, you know, and then I got into like stuff like hearing Enter Sandman and going deeper. And then they're like, well, if you like that, check out Injustice for All. And then I went even back further back, checking out Ride the Lightning and all that other stuff. So, you know, Master Puppets. And just, so I would say that Metallica, just because that was that it kind of was able to propel me quickly uh, because all my guys were, were like, you had a terrible Metallica. 
you gotta know about Metallica, man, or else you might get your fucking ass kicked, right? It's just it's, get caught up. Well, it is, and and for everyone, you know, our our big diehard listening base, um, we can keep tab of that. We are at 164 guests, and that is 163 that have picked Metallica. Sorry, Dave, I don't dis- dislike you, but. I know he's listening at home. He's every episode he tunes into the Mosh Zone, skips to this segment, and just listens, and then probably you know goes and punches a hole in a wall or something. Whatever Dave does when he gets I, upset. We had to wait. We he had to wait. God, he had to wait through all my talking. I, I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yappy. <laughs> hey, you're a perfect podcast guest, so don't apologize. Um, now, corn or limp biscuit. Oh, uh, corn, uh, because I, I, uh, I, um, just because it, it, of, of what it was to my, my career. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw them on Life is Peachy, I, 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 I gravitated towards the music more. So it was, it was more monumental to me. Um, I, I love watching the Limp Bizkit set. Those guys put on one of the most amazing live shows and, and live shows are everything to me. So, um. If, if I could say both, I would, uh, but I'm I'm gonna say corn just because of 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 the kind of pivotal, uh, 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 like entity it was in, in my personal life. What about Il Nino or POD? Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with POD because those boys are. God, I've never met more genuine people. Mm. Uh, I wish not any one of them, their families, past or present, future, doesn't matter. I wish them all the best and all the success in the world because they're just the sweetest men in the entire fucking world. So um, I, I'm going to go with POD. I, I love those boys. Like, yeah. like brothers. Me too. Great, great guys to tour with. Just, uh, just great people. And big shout out to Sonny, who um, I was lucky to have in my first few months of this show on the show. So big, oh. big shout out to him. Um, absolute awesome. fucking legend of a man. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of those guys and, and the funniest dudes. It's, mm. it's a great tour to be on. I, I, I hope, I hope we get to do that again real soon. I, 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 have, I have very few tours that I had that much, that much that much of a good vibe the entire tour. It was great. Um, seven Dust or Seven Dust? Mm. It's a tough one, that one. I'm going to go... Uh... <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Corn. I'm gonna go with corn. No, <laughs> uh, I, 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 seven dust is you know Clint. It's so funny, Clint. Clint um, that that's another team of, of men that I have never shared more hilarious tour stories or great touring moments with. They probably hold the number one spot of of uh, monumental moments that I've, I've gotten to share with, with, with my brothers in seven. So, uh, another band that I wish nothing but the greatest things for. 
Yeah, amazing band. And I'm I'm to this day still hunting down uh Lejon. So um he's I'm gonna get him one day. Um I'll put in a good word. Oh yeah. You're too too kind. Now last music one and then we've got the last four. Now last music one it's it's in the hip hop realm, but it's probably more of iconic hip hop realm and we are talking nineties. It's either are you a biggie or a Tupac man? Biggie. Oh, that was bang. He's just on it. I would go Biggie, Biggie. too, actually. Yeah. Biggie, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. It's cadence and swag. Mm. And um, a, he he had a very... Uh, um, he he had his thing. And same thing with, uh, with Tupac. He had his thing. And... and um, uh, what's his name from who just passed from Digital Underground? Uh, oh, I forgot his name. He just passed. Uh, singer for Digital Underground really, really defined um, uh, the, their two rap styles. And he talked about how Biggie had this like triplet swing, you know, do, 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 and he had that really good like pocket that he wrote and you know so he he was more inspired by like those jazz that new york and and northeast circuit of music that that influences everything that comes out of there whether they like it or not um then you have uh tupac who whose mother uh you know, he came up in the Black Panthers who dealt with a lot of uh, preacher and sp- speakers, a lot of speakers. So, and and uh, uh, the singer in Digital Underground said he was like, it's it's more of like a Martin Luther King where it's like, you know, when I raise up and da 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 it was, you know, I didn't know my father. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like, that's, he had that kind of like cadence and, 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 megaphone to your mouth kind of thing and for me when it comes to hip-hop hip-hop is one of those things that i sit back and i just i don't want to criticize critique or do anything to it i just i find the ones that i like and i love them hardcore because it's it's one that i don't i don't want to mess up with my um with my with my opinions outside of like hey that's a good song man it's like (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to be judgmental on on that kind of i love that music for me I love that. Now, last few that we got four left. Now, shows, let's say they're back and they're, they're happening and there's no issues over social distancing or anything. Let's say there's no barrier. You know, everything's, everything's fine. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Stage dives or mic grabs? Stage dives or mic grabs? Mm. Like me putting the mic? Mm. Oh, mic grabs. Really? Oh. There is, man, let me tell you something. There is nothing like like audience singing, especially when they're all gunning for the mic. It's almost like, you know, holding a piece of food over top of a bunch of ants and eventually they make that like (laughs) pile pyramid to it. Um, Now, had you said crowd surfing or mic grabs, I would have said crowd surfing because 
there's that blissful smile glee that you get from the crowd surfer and then that that touch mm, that they get mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that just they take home forever and talk about for for years that uh I, I love to connect with with the audience that way. So it's it's more about that. And I feel like stage side, they jump on and jump off just so they could be like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> and, and that's cool. Uh, but if it's crowd surfing all the way to the front because they're just like top of the world, Mount Everest kind of moment, that that that's that's something that I I enjoy witnessing and, and, and want to be a part of. Nice. Um, you're gonna go to a show. Are you gonna watch it from the pit? Or by the sound desk. What? Who's who's playing? Uh, corner playing. Um, follow the leader pit. back to. Oh, there we go. Bang. In the pit. In the Bang. pit. Uh, I saw. I saw uh, Deftones uh, during the White Pony tour, and I was at the height of one of my better records. And um, I crowd surfed the entire show until i lost the keys and had to call a locksmith to uh put a new ignition in my friend's car so we could get home that night at 2 30 in the morning so yeah i i i pit uh, I'll, I'll be in the pit love it now next one let's they they need to go together but let's imagine they exist independently and they're not reliant on each other to exist okay. would you rather tour for the rest of your life or record music for the rest of your life record music for this my life nice nice because that's 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 my favorite that's my favorite and and the last one is the only triple one i'm gonna give you any of your all-time favorite albums and the way i give it to you is the only way you can consume it do you want it on cd vinyl or on your phone No, I'm going to get in trouble for this. And I'll explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So easy there, people. Don't <laughs> yell at me for this one. Okay. Um, it would be on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I, I, I said this the other day on, on uh, yesterday. Because um, someone was like, hey, you know, I don't understand why... Uh, you know, Spotify, I, I have to I have to own it. I like the quality of the music. And I get that. But I challenge everyone to to go back to music, the, the moment of their human evolution that they were in music discovery, where you were finding music and 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 really trading music and really sharing and going back and forth, you know, that, that young early time. And for me, it was on tapes. And I remember there was a time that, you know, you, you know, we, we, they kept trying to make it better sounding, you know, you had mega bass and then you had better headphones, but then eventually on the back of one of your Walkman, they put a shitty speaker on it. And then they tried to put two shitty speakers on it. And you loved it. You did not care. You did not care. The tape would warp. The DJ would talk over the song that you went to go record. It did not matter. The quality didn't matter. It was having it at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So that's why I would choose 
That's a great answer. Yeah, I I remember. Quick side note is I remember getting my waterproof cassette Walkman, and it was yellow. It was yellow. Yellow. And and, and gray. Yeah, I do, and I recall. It had the and it had weird, rubber button. Yeah, rubber buttons, and it had a weird seal clip thing. It was weird. That eventually would break and yeah. would slap real hard open. Yeah, I remember. I used to love you that. Snap your finger in it. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was the best, you know. I, I I never went underwater with it, but the idea that I no. could be outside and it rained and my cassettes wouldn't get wet was. And oh. it too had mega bass. Yes, it did. Yeah, and it was a button. I, I... You had to click the button. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was always on. It's like, why didn't you just leave it on for us? You just say it comes with it. Who's going to shut off anything that says mega? No one. Um. Elias, um, this is invaluable for me. Um, a lot of love, a lot of respect, and a lot of appreciation for you, for your time, Thank you, man. Thank you. You for, your, too. for your energy, for your honesty. Um, outstanding. This, you know, 164 guests, um, and I feel stoked to have got you on, and I've ticked a bucket list for me. Um, I support what you guys have done since 2000. You, um, I'll keep supporting it. Thank you for gracing me with your time and gracing my show with you. Um, fucking amazing. Like, really, really appreciate this, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do it again soon. Yes. Let's do it on the next one. Um, stay in touch. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to get, we're trying to get down uh, to to your area immediately. So um, there's already talks about it and 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 we're going to, we're going to make it happen. We're all vaxxed up so that way we can, we can travel safe and, you know, I, I, I can't wait to meet, possibly meet face to face, man. Dude, I'll take I'll take you out for um, ribs or brisket, your choice. Uh, I will take both. And as long as there's a beer and we have coffee after, we're going to be good. Done. Done. Um, All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your night. Um, you've made me very happy. You too, You're a legend. Thanks, thank brother. you. Man. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Right, bye. Take it easy, buddy. Later, Jeremy. I'm about to explode Speeding down a warpath Red team self-defense Call that battle my proxy Goldilocks distance How can I miss With a crack shot aim And verbal game like this Tell the masses all to be hard And get another fighter on the phone All the ones they sent so far They couldn't stop me
So that was my chat with Elias of Nonpoint. And at the end there, the first track you heard was Ruthless, which is their brand new single, which is coming off an EP of the same name. Second track was What A Day from their album Statement. Third track was Bullet With A Name from their album To The Pain. And the last track was their infamous and outstanding cover In The Air Tonight from their album Recoil. Now's the part of the show where I spark that thing inside you to support the band that's been on the show. So if you enjoyed the conversation or you enjoyed the music at the end there, now's your chance. Jump online, stream it, download it. So much music to consume. Make sure you fucking do. If you're into CDs or vinyls, there is lots available online. And don't forget, also jump on Nonpoint's web store to pre-order the new EP. If you're into merch, there's lots on their web store and there's lots elsewhere online. Make sure you grab yourself a shirt, a hoodie or some shorts. I need to take this moment to thank Elias again. Thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Look forward to touching base with you again soon and doing a part two. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 164, done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that We need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.